Hey there, it's Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. We are pretty pumped to invite you to eavesdrop while we chat with some of our favorite badasses in and beyond the hockey world. The arena goal horn doesn't blow when people have success off the ice, so we want to blow it here. Did you say blow? Oh, I might have. Claudette likes to rap while eating kale and chewing healthy juice on our way to Super Momit, sell real estate, or change the world one philanthropic moment at a time. Bridge smashes coffee and makes up the words to her favorite songs, needs to set an alarm on her phone for almost every appointment in life because she's always late. She's busy managing her three kids, dancing addiction, and website for pro hockey families. If we lived together, we would high-five each other at 4.45 a.m. when I'm just getting up and Bridget is headed to bed, each a vampire in our own right. Both of us love our families, each other, and our insanely awesome hockey community. So pour yourselves a drink of choice and saddle up because the boys aren't the only ones with stories. Eva Shockey is an author, TV personality, world-famous hunter, and most importantly, mom to two amazing littles. She's been tagging along with her dad since her early 20s and taken the hunting lifestyle by storm since. She's grown her brand to a household name through her cooking, workouts, decorating, and motherhood. Her husband, Tim Brent, is a retired former NHLer who picked up this beauty while she was working a hunting show. Please join us in finding out what she's up to now. Hi, Eva. It's so nice to see your face. Hey, thanks for having me on here. Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. I've heard a lot about you. (laughs) Oh, you too. I'm a fan. I can't wait to dive into this. Me too. Oh, we're so happy to have you on. And obviously, so the reason why we started this podcast was to show what other girls are up to and show kind of, you know, like our little hockey family community. And one of the busiest people I know is you and all the things you're up to. And it seems like you're just taking on more and more. So we're so happy to kind of showcase your life a little bit more in a different, I guess, outlet because you have your own following. But we're very excited to have you on. Thank you. Yes. I'd never really get to hang out with all my old hockey wife friends anymore because we're in a whole new stage of our life. So this is great. Can we just start your story from the beginning? I don't know enough about you. I know that you're Canadian. Um, you grew up on Vancouver Island. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Born so and raised in Vancouver Island. And then do you have siblings? I do. So I have one older brother. He is two years older. He's 34. I'm 32. And we grew up on Vancouver Island. Both my parents are Canadian. Um, the could be sort of like a run through backstory because I'm sure a lot of people have no idea what they're listening to right now. Um, my name is Eva. And my dad is like an international world famous hunter, which doesn't even sound like a real job, but it actually is a real job. He's had um, outdoor hunting, travel TV shows for 20 years and before that DVDs and VHSs. And my mom, when they met, she was a vegetarian ballerina 30, like, I don't know, 37 years ago. And she's like the most graceful, amazing human being, just like feminine little creature. And he's this rugged mountain man. And that was, that's who I had as my parents. And we grew up in like out in the country in the fields and getting dirty and going on trips. But I was feminine and I wanted to be kind of like my mom. And I was like, I I don't think I can be a hunter if I'm going to be feminine and classy. And so I just never did. And that was not correct at all. But I just was young and had no idea that you could kind of pick and choose what you wanted to do regardless of what you look like or where you came from. Um, And so when I was 20, I asked my dad to take me hunting after university. I graduated and I, before I started um, like a career of my own, I, I just literally had no intention of making it a job. I just wanted to go hunting with him and sort of kick off my (laughs) life as an adult. And he took me hunting and I loved it. I just loved the adventure. I loved knowing where my meat came from and filling my own freezer. And then from there, it just sort of went real fast. I started hosting hunting shows and I started, I mean, eventually I had all these sponsors and companies and I was an author and wrote a book and started a blog. I mean, just lots of really, really cool stuff. I'm sure we'll get into it, but just the hunting world started me off um, unintentionally. Now I'm run a lifestyle media company, basically a brand. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. First of all, um, I don't think your parents could sound any more unalike, uh, which <laughs> just goes to prove that opposites attract. Are you kidding? Like a vegetarian ballerina? I know. Yeah, they're she, literally, 
she literally saves flies. Like if she sees a fly, she will cup it in her hand and walk outside and like blow it free. And my dad like hunts all over the world. I mean, they're, yeah, they couldn't be more opposite. They look different, they act different, but they've been married. I think their 36th anniversary is coming up this year or something like that. Oh my gosh. They're just so cute. They're the cutest. Like they, your mom is so sweet. And like you said, just so kind and like, gentle and and like so delicate like when she goes to the gym like when she would come to the gym with us and stuff I'm like oh my god you just want to like carry her to the next exercise like I'm like I'll take her there (laughs) what's wild too I guess I assumed that because your dad was a hunter that you would have grown up with a rifle in your hand and out there even just shooting cans or something so it's kind of interesting to me that you didn't get into hunting yourself until you you were in your 20s yeah, I grew up on lots of outdoor hunting type of adventures. So all of our family trips growing up were literally just hunting trips in disguise. They would call it a vacation. They would be like to the mountains and like who knows where, where in camo and like in a trailer. Like that was a vacation. But it really was. It was with our family. So I guess basically it's a vacation. Um, and I would shoot, like I started shooting a bow when I was a little bit younger. But just really, if you have no real passion for like, hunting and stuff when at that age I didn't really have any reason to shoot so I would shoot for fun and we would have shooting competitions with like pellet guns and stuff but it yeah it wasn't until I got older and where I was from in Canada there was no social media at that point because it was way before all that started and where we had we just didn't have any outdoor tv shows we didn't have the networks there and my mom was so feminine and classy and this like little little butterfly delicate lady that I was you know like had no one to see that you could do it even though you were a girl and it just took me I had to find out within myself that I could do whatever I wanted and like who cares what people think and trust me because people didn't did not love it not everyone loved it but I just it was a cool thing to do right and we had talked about this before like I I mean I watched you for a year go through kind of like the online abuse but my dad well I grew up with a dad who's a conservation officer and so I I mean, as much as I don't like hunting, I understand why there's hunting and not everyone mm-hmm. can get that. And it's so hard for you to be educating people along the way. Like how hard was of a battle is that for you? Yeah, well, it's, I think I come from a unique background where I didn't come from just like straight hunters. And so I totally respect people that don't. When I was living in Pennsylvania for the hockey season, when I was out there with you, cadet, the, I mean, there were vegetarians on the team there. I don't pretty sure none of the women had any interest in hunting. And I totally get that. It's, I don't think everyone should hunt or want to hunt or anything, but my biggest thing I try to just share about it. I love it because it's just connecting them where the meat comes from with what you're eating at the dinner table. And a lot of women and a lot of moms and a lot of just people in general really care about that. You go spend a bunch of money at Whole Foods and get the best meat you can buy. And that's literally what I was doing as a hunter and the reason I was doing it. And so for me, it's, I don't mind that people don't like it, but I love someone like you that has an open mind of like, it's not a bad thing. I just don't necessarily want to do it. And there's lots of things I think aren't bad. I just don't want to do them either. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and it is good. And like you do, like you said, you fill your freezer, people are eating meat regardless and they have opinions and stuff or they have leather products or, you know, something that has come from an animal, leather seats in their car and they're, mm-hmm. they're still on you with their death threats. And it's, it's wild to me that people don't actually just step back and educate themselves on where all their stuff comes from. Yeah, exactly. It's just, I think most of the time, even though the death threats that I experienced when in the height of it, we counted 5,000 death threats in a day. Like it was, it was, yeah, it was crazy. And that was just over a hunt. I went on, I got picked up by anti hunters and kind of went viral. And, um, it was just amazing to me would see people giving me death threats or saying I should get cancer or like my mom should die or my future children, which I didn't have at the time should die. And you'd go to their profile and there'd be like a hamburger or, you know, and you're like, wait, what do you want yeah. in the world? And so I, I, I realized pretty quickly, it wasn't that these people, I mean, I think they should really rethink their words. I don't think they were oh, horrible people aside from giving death threats for no reason, but um, I think they just were naive and uninformed and, I tried to take it as like a positive thing instead of being fearful of all the negativity. I was like, this is a great way to use my platform. And it grew from like, I got, went on Fox news and ABC and Fox business and all these places that were really massive mainstream platforms. And it gave me a chance to talk about hunting and talk about just the outdoor lifestyle, not just hunting in general, but just how positive it is and how we're trying to make 
good decisions and good things for animals and conservation and for our families. You are a strong woman, you're a beautiful woman, and you're a hunter, and maybe they weren't equating that. Yeah, well, I think it's all it's all related to like the stereotypes and women being able to do whatever they want to do and not be treated any differently. And I'm all for like, go women, do whatever it is that you want to do. But I'm also like, a stereotype allowed me to get out there and make more of a difference than if I was a man or if I was a 45-year-old typical looking hunter. Um, I had the opportunity to step out. So instead of playing the victim and saying, oh, like, why are they treating me different because I'm a girl? I'm like, heck yeah, they're treating me different because I'm a girl and I'm going to go show them that I don't have to be scared of them. So that, it was just kind of a, well, it was a, I wouldn't say cool experience. It was a interesting experience that thankfully I had a good enough head on my shoulders at the time to use as a positive thing and to reroute the, the negativity and the aggression I was getting and use it, I thought, for um, sharing to a broader audience. Well, right. yeah, exactly. And it sounds like you've dealt with it with such grace and bravery, obviously, because you could have just holed up and been like, this is not for me. And you took Yeah, exactly. And that, it's, I think about that a lot because I think about that moment in my life. I was 20, like, I mean, I'm talking about one specific when I got 5,000 death threats, but it's happened for, you know, the last decade on and off. But that one really big one when it went viral it was on all the news stations. Um, that was definitely a turning point and I could have easily, which would have been fine, like said, I, this is not for me. And I think if I wouldn't have felt this passionately about just the outdoors and loving them and <laughs> the food, the table movement and all that, maybe I would have backed down. But that was a momentous turning point where I actually took one path and I could have taken the other. Um, and I mean, that led me to writing my own book and all the things that I have going on right now. And um, it's been, it's kind of cool to be a leader in a voice saying like, do whatever it is that's true to you and speak your mind and be proud of what it is you do, no matter if people are being negative about it or giving you pushback. Right. And I like, exactly. You turned it into such a positive thing. Like you could, like we said, we could have, you could have just tucked away or whatever, but you've, I've watched you do so much positive with it and I don't know how often you've gotten to do this, but I remember like there was a certain time when you went hunting and you couldn't bring the meat back, but you donated it to like a reserve or whatever's around you at the time. And I love that. And nobody knows that. And you're, you're filling the freezer of other people that you don't know. And I think that alone just like speaks volumes of the type of person you are or what you can do with your platform. Yeah. And that's, that's just like another element of people that think they're totally against the hunting world. I think they don't necessarily understand because those that always happens. So if it's not in my personal freezer, which right now we have a full freezer of like elk and moose and caribou and all that. But if the meat doesn't come home to go in my freezer, it always gets donated. Like we up in the Yukon, we have our own hunting territory. Um, my dad runs it and has for 30 years and we donate the moose meat. I'm trying to think what, I can't remember the name of it, um, but like to a battered women's shelter. No, it's working. <laughs> um, and have donated like thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds of meat over the years. And it's incredible because those people otherwise wouldn't be eating meat. They just yeah. couldn't have it. And it's um, pretty incredible to do that. And same when, when you go overseas. But yeah, it's a, it's a whole world that I am very proud of. Um, it's like what I was saying, my life's, and job and career and brand has sort of adjusted a little bit when I was in the hockey world with my husband and when I knew Kodak it was I had no babies so I was 20 (laughs) late 20s no kids and just living my own life and traveling all the time now I have two kids so as you guys probably know it's a little bit different (laughs) things do change that's true Uh, this actually brings me a little bit this whole last conversation about um we read that one of your favorite quotes is in hunting is in life sometimes the thing you need most isn't the thing you went looking for so what do you mean exactly by that just i think opportunities come when you're not always ready for them like you always think you have if something cool comes in front of you like oh that's great that's awesome but pretty much all the biggest opportunities in my life have come when I was like, uh, you know, like that's not what my plan is. That's not really what I want. And you have to see the big picture and just take a step back. And like, I'm a big believer in God. And I just feel like whatever is put in front of you is meant to be put in front of you. Like when I met my husband, it was, I mean, we met and moved to Russia two, two months later because that's where he was playing hockey at the time. Like it was nothing I had intended to do. And I, when we had kids, like it just adjusted my whole career path and so many different situations like that. And that's 
you can make a plan. I think plans are great, but I think the key to being successful and continuing momentum forward is adjusting when things get in your way and not seeing it as an obstacle, but seeing it as a way to readjust where you're going. I agree. That's Absolutely. great life advice. So how did you guys meet them? We met at a hunting. So my husband's <laughs> from Ontario. He's like Hunter. Well, he's a, he was a former hockey player, which is how I know Cadet, but um, he was a hunter fisherman. We met at a hunting show in Raleigh. I was there working at an event and he just came to see the stuff or whatever. And he told us, we talked for like a minute, maybe two minutes. And he told his friend he was going to marry me like that day. He told his friends, we're done. That's who I'm going to marry. His friend's like, uh, yeah, probably not. And we, anyways, long story short, went on a date a year later and started dating like immediately from our first date. And two months later, moved to Russia for two years to because he joined the KHL. And then the year after that, I went to Pennsylvania, which is where I met Cadet. And then um, he was planning to play again for another year. And in like the same week, one of those opportunity situations, we had no intention of leaving hockey at that point. In the same week, I found out I was pregnant with our first, um, with our daughter. And he got this like incredible job opportunity in real estate, which he loves. And we were like, okay, well, I guess we are going <laughs> to switch careers. And that's, that's, yeah, it all kind of went real fast from there. Super cute about Tim, but I feel like a lot of hunters say that they're going to marry you too. Like so <laughs> many guys have crushes on you. They're like, you're yeah, their well, dream not really, kid, so. not really anymore, but yeah. when I was in my mid-20s, yeah, I feel like his friend was like, okay, Tim, I'm sure you're going to marry her. Yeah, sure. Like, everyone's going to marry her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the list is long and I'm pretty sure that weekend in Raleigh, he wasn't the only one saying that. <laughs> I know. Like, and Eva is honestly so great of like fulfilling. Like, I mean, I have tens of friends and friends husbands who are hunters and stuff and Eva is just like the best at fulfilling these little boys wishes when I say little boys but they're grown-ass men and grown we'll just like send a quick video and be like hi friend and they're like oh my god <laughs> like, it's, it's so a little cute. different now it's crazy because I it's I mean I'm 32 so I feel young but I also have been in the industry and just had my career for over a decade now and so all these girls are like early 20s are like you're my role model like I've been watching since I was little and you know like they act like I'm so old and I'm like I know they're trying to compliment me but I also feel like wait are we not the same age like I see myself as their age but yeah. they see me as like this mom <laughs> Bridget, I do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, like I do it all the time. And I'm older than you. So hey, if that just keeps me feeling a little more youthful, I I don't care. I'll take it. (laughs) So Eva, I didn't realize that you were in uh Magnitogorsk how do you say it? Magnitogorsk, Russia, but Jason went there a couple of years ago and I didn't realize it was the same place that you guys had been. Did what did you think of it? Yeah, we were there. So we met our first date was May 10th and we moved to Russia in July, like literally two months later. And our first date, he was playing with the um, hurricanes in Raleigh. And when we like went on our first date, it was the week after the season ended and he was planning to resign either there or like he was talking to other teams and somewhere in (laughs) So I was like, okay, like this guy, I like we're dating really quickly. And like he'll live in somewhere in the States and that's fine. And I have my job and it'll be fine. And like somewhere in that two month window, we went from thinking we were going to play like NHL or AHL or whatever. And then signed his opportunity in Russia. They're just so great sometimes. And so he said, um, I'm not going to go unless you come with me. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's not what I want to do at all. But I went and it was two seasons. The first season he jokes, I was there all the time because it was brand new and we were new to dating. And right. It was so exciting. The second season we were engaged and we had a house and I had a dog and I was there very rarely. <laughs> like I would fly and stay and like leave for a month. Um, it was crazy, 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 crazy experience. We think about it a fair bit. People always seem to ask us about it. So we tell stories about it and it doesn't even seem like our lives. Like it just seems like a different, complete time. I don't even know how that was the last in the last decade but it was incredible and we were young and had no kids and it was a very good life experience and something I wouldn't do now but glad that we did it I've never been but so you guys came from Russia and then to Allentown right Mm -hmm. then yeah okay Okay. that was the best last season that was the last season (laughs) for a lot of us that that year (laughs) (laughs) the Drewski's like it was crazy but that was honestly 
one of my favorite hockey years. And everyone's like, really? On an AHL team that was your favorite? Like, absolutely. Yeah, well, I only had it to compare to Russia. So I would say for sure it was my favorite season. But I never had like the North American experience to really trick me on that one. While you were in Russia, were you continuing to sort of, like, had you branded yourself already at that point or... While I was in Russia, I want to say that's when I was, that actually is when I was going through all this like negativity. So my career had definitely started. It was busy. um, But because we went to Russia and I had no intention of going to Russia, like until I met, I didn't know that was going to be happening that year. I had about a year of contracts I had signed for like events and appearances and photo shoots and hunts and trips and whatever. And so I had to fulfill all my contracts for 12 months from Russia, from Magnitogorsky, wow. it was like 38 hours door to door from like Miami, not even from like a place I was going, just from like North America to our door in Russia, just because of how crazy it was to get there. And what, like I would literally, now it's insane. I would travel 38 hours. I did, went to New York one time, traveled 38 hours, did a photo shoot for like four hours for a magazine. And then I got back on a plane and traveled 38 hours back to Russia. And I did that all the time because that was just you know, that's just what we were doing. That was where we were at. It was kind of of in the name of love and career. That's the balance sometimes. You got to make it happen. Obviously, like Russia was quite different. And then did you start getting more branding and stuff when we were in Allentown? Because I feel like that's when you started to dabble into like mountain ops. Yeah, that was when, um, right around the Allentown time, is just when I started realizing, well, I had got married, we were trying to have a baby. And I just realized that what I couldn't do with my life at any point was continue to be as busy as I was being and not be completely real where I was. And that was, that's still a struggle. Like not so much a struggle. It's just a challenge that I have to really face every single day that my brand has really (laughs) adapted with me because it is so time consuming. It follows me around. It's on my phone. I'm hosting TV shows. I'm like, it's kind of nonstop. And my life has changed. Like when I was early twenties, I was doing certain things and I got married, I was doing certain things. And now I have two kids. It's still in the outdoor world, but it's really had to be true to what I'm actually doing every single day. Otherwise I just find it would be so stressful. So trying to, you know, fake it or pretend I'm doing something or still act like I'm at a certain point in my life when I'm clearly not 23 anymore and by myself and traveling all over the world. Like I have a six month old baby and a three year old. And so that was when I started realizing that it was turning a little bit more into a lifestyle brand. Still hunting is involved. Absolutely. I love hunting. It's what my family does. It's like how I bonded with my dad for the last decade, but more of like a well-rounded lifestyle of like hunting is how we fill our freezer and how we spend time together and how we unplug. But I'm also a mom and I built a house and I'm into fitness and I'm into this and that and about a hundred other things. And it's been really interesting to see the dynamic of all that changing with the audience and the followers. And I, I've gone through many times where I thought, Oh, like I'm having a baby. People are going to just drop me like it's hot because who wants to see that? And it picked up because people can relate to it and more people can relate to having a baby and, you know, the post baby stuff and the body and getting back in shape than anyone can relate to hunting in Africa, you know? So it was actually a, a benefit and it worked out really well because people just love being real and authentic and seeing that someone's not trying to pretend. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And it's, it's so great that you've been able to remain authentic to yourself. I'm, I'm curious, do you have an agent as well? Like, was there any sort of a battle or have you always maintained, um, I don't know, just kind of being the boss of your entity? Yeah, I get to be the boss, which is good because I, I, I have an agent that's in the hunting world. I have an agent that's in the lifestyle world. And I just have like, I'm doing whatever it is that's real. Thank goodness they both care a lot about me. They're not just some random person I've never met. I've grown up with the one in the hunting industry. He's been my dad's agent for 20 years. So like he cares. He's my dad's age, like cares about my happiness and everything. And I think he sees it's the more real you can be, the better people relate and better people accept it. And so that's just how it's kind of turned into. And now it seems to still be working. I don't know. I love it though. It's great to still be able to work and be a mom and do all the things I love. Exactly. And honestly, that's why I think people gravitate you towards you so much is because you are so authentic. And, um, but I just wanted to touch on the one thing about family though. Like you said, it is something that connects you and your family, but it's also your, you know, your, um, 
your immediate family too, like your, your brother, right? So he does production with you and then your mom comes on trips and helps out and stuff. So it is really a big family experience, right? It is. And my dad and I, our family, like my immediate family, so my mom, my dad, my brother and I have always been very, very close. My dad, <laughs> before I started hunting, we didn't have a ton in common. Like we're very, we're very similar personalities, almost to a fault because we're both stubborn and all that. And so before I had something I did that he enjoyed, it was hard for us to really do too much together. Whereas now, once I started hunting, like we have gotten so close and I never, as a teenager, I don't think I would have ever believed like where we could go into the mountains together and spend two weeks and just have the best time ever. And my brother, he doesn't hunt so much. He did when he was young, just not really into it. Um, so, but he is incredibly talented at TV production. So he is a producer and produces some of our shows and has won like all the outdoor awards. He's like renowned in our industry. It's crazy. He's so talented. Like none of us has actual talent wow. except for him. He just, we just kind of fake it and <laughs> have loud personalities. And he's like this genius behind the scenes. And then, yeah, my mom doesn't hunt, but is the hub of our family. So she kind of comes along and just keeps everyone all, all the orbiting people keeps us all together. It's great to have that solid core though. I think it's awesome. And then for you to have this shared new found passion with your dad as an adult, that's kind of awesome too. And it really is. I feel like I think, and you didn't try, you weren't trying to do that to get close to your dad. That shared passion brought you closer. And I think that's really awesome in in any uh, relationship. Yeah, I think that's, that's sort of a lesson I've learned over and over. It just seems to keep working is you don't go and do something because you want that you think people will like it better. You know, you go Mm -hmm. do it because you want to do it because it makes you happy. And that was, you know, spending more time with my dad in the woods and hunting, but also just hunting in general. Like I had no intention of turning this into a career. And I think if I would have been like manipulative about it and tried, it probably wouldn't have been this long lasting because it doesn't actually last that long in our industry for that many people. But because it was, I'm like, I'm not a pro. This is fun. I love this. I love learning. I love adventures. Like come learn with me. That was more my attitude than like, I'm so great. This is how you do it. And so it kind of worked out well. People, I think people could also feel like, oh, if I, she doesn't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. Like, that's great. I can, I can give it a try. It. Yeah. Yeah. I can try it when I'm 50 versus feeling intimidated to join yeah. something. But I love just that whole mindset about life in general. I've, I've really carried it through, especially as stuff is adapting into more lifestyle. I've carried it through that, like, I get intimidated or insecure about trying new things or changing something or adding something. But you're like, there's, if you do it now in a year, you'll feel like you're a pro, you know, but if I keep putting it off and putting it off, you're never going to get better at it. You're never going to get comfortable with it. Well, it's an entire like badass mentality. If you ask me, (laughs) you've obviously carried with you for a long time with your hunting and now in your life and through your, um, your new lifestyle blog. Like, I just think, it's awesome. And obviously you're attacking it with vigor. It's so, it's so cool. Are you loving, um, this light, this shift now into your lifestyle brand? How, how did that, I mean, you're doing like bedding and decor, is that right? (laughs) Yeah, kind of. I mean, I have a a, healthy lifestyle supplement line. I have a line of like, um, they're Kalo rings, like silicone rings. So for outdoor exercise, that like active lifestyle, I have bedding line with Cabela's. I have my own bow, like just lots of really cool stuff. It's just all so true to what I love and what I use all the time. And it's, it's really incredible. It's so bizarre to have your own lines of stuff. Um, but it's fun because it, I get to be with my kids every day and people, I share their lives, which I mean, there are, there's the odd time where I think like, should I be sharing, you know, my three-year-old, she doesn't have a choice, but she loves being on camera. I don't know what she's going to do with her life, but she's probably going to be like a game changer because she just dies to being like, as you saw, she just climbed on my lap to say hi to whoever. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just fun to be able to share that with people whenever I go do events or appearances. They're, people don't even ask me about the old stuff anymore. They're like, how's Lenny? How's your daughter? How's your son? How's your new house? I saw you did this. <laughs> like all these things are like, it's just so fun. So it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a different experience, but it's really great yeah. to be able to be the mom that I was hoping to be my whole life. That's my dream. And everything else kind of just fits into that. I know. That's I love awesome. it. And it's honestly, it's been so cool to watch you, watch you grow over the years and like all the adjustments that you've made while 
you know, like you said, going through like real life and what you're actually doing. It's been so cool to see that because before when you didn't have kids and it was like, okay, let's go work out. And you started your, um, that drink, that activity drink or whatever. What do you call those things? The mountain, um, well, the mountain mouse, I remember I would bring the samples into the into the gym and make you guys right. try them. And now I have like my own line. That was three years in the making that came out. And that's so cool. Like, it's so cool to see you, like, see you grow with it all. Right. And like you said, just what's real. And what I love best about you too, is you're not afraid to laugh at yourself in the process. And I think that's what also just makes you so real is you just, you always laugh and you're always laughing. I feel like. Cause I'm usually doing something wrong or like not the best way. <laughs> I've also learned as a mom, you get a lot of mom shivers. Like when I used to get shamed for something I was doing in the outdoor world or career wise, I honestly had thick skin. It, it would not even get through to me when anyone talks about like being a mom or what I'm doing around. I'm like, like mama bear comes out. <laughs> it's just a totally different, different world and different mentality. Yeah. Booze well, yeah. I can't stand when that happens. So no, don't bring the kids into it or like, yeah, yeah. right. Like don't, don't talk about movies, but it is, I think it's super important to laugh at yourself. I do find if I take stuff too seriously, I get anxiety, like I get grumpy, I get tired. But if you just realize so many little things, like, am I going to care about this in five minutes or five days or five years? Depends right. where it falls in that spectrum. I really just like, okay, whatever, it's fine. And people, I love watching people and following people that make fun, you know, who they are and what they do as well and make sure that they're a little bit relatable. But the great thing I think, obviously, I have a certain type of brand and personality. There's so many out there that are different than mine, which gives everyone an option to find whoever they gravitate to. And there's only, it's not like there's five of us that are out there talking. There's hundreds exactly. of thousands. So whoever yeah. you can gravitate to, I think that's great. There's, there's always someone out there to find. Yeah, you're right. And then th that's exactly it. You don't have, we're not all the same person. So there's something mm -hmm. for everyone. And I think it's great. That is that like my biggest, like, to amen. <laughs> I just, I think from the world I came from, like the hunting and all that, but I'm also very much like into the girly stuff and lifestyle stuff and normal stuff. Like, I just don't think everyone has to have the same exact opinions. They don't have to all believe the exact same stuff. And if one person that I'm friends with or like following does like 70% of the stuff I like and 30% has nothing to do with what I used to or like or think, that doesn't mean I can't like them. You know, like that's what I'm like. When people go like, right. oh, you don't use the right kind of this product, I'm done following you. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you can't be clones. Like, that's we all, all it have, took. Yeah. Yeah. We, right. We have our own lives. That's fine with me. Let's well, listen, it would be a really boring world if we were all the same. So exactly. um, I applaud the differences in everyone. It's awesome. So but, and we ask you, um, we always like to ask our guests to give us some fun facts because we can all Google someone and, and read, you know, the usual, but it's the unusual and the fun things that we like to kind of chat about too. So first of all, you were a competitive salsa dancer. Yes. So my mom was a dancer. We had a dance studio in my house. It was just part of me growing up. I, I still miss it. I don't do it anymore, but I grew up doing ballet and all the normal stuff. And then after college, you can't really do ballet as like an adult without being a professional really. Right. So I tried to find something that would be fun, but still dance. And so I started salsa dancing and within a few months, just because my dance background, I was teaching and then I started competing and then I actually stopped competing because I started traveling so much. And I couldn't, I'd be like hunting one weekend and then dancing. <laughs> like it was so crazy, it. but it's just another, another element of all the random things that can make up one unique person. Yeah. I love the contradiction of it all. What about Tim? Does he dance with you? Um, negative. <laughs> he's pretty, he's a man's man. I've tried, I've tried to say, like, you should go dancing when I ain't. Just looks at me with like straight face. Like, no. I have no. a big, I am a dancer too. So I have a dance background. And when people ask me oh, if cool. he dances with me, I'm like, actually, no, he's not invited. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'd rather yeah. go out with people that would think of me. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. So my favorite fun fact that you gave us that I actually had to go back and read a few times because it was so funny, but Please tell us about Ricky Ticky Shocky and explain who he is. <laughs> he was my best friend. Um, I grew up in the country and I don't even know where, he, I think his parents got hit or something. It was a raccoon. Let me say that. First of all, <laughs> his parents got hit, his raccoon parents. Um, so there was this little baby raccoon and we took him in and he, we called him Ricky Ticky and 
I was I would drink from a milk bottle, like warm milk. I was like four or like a sippy cup or whatever, and he would sit on my lap and drink from a warm milk bottle with his all four paws or paws. And he would eat cheesies and he like stayed in my room and he was the cutest thing ever. And then he turned into a teenager and got an attitude and he scratched me like right under my eyeball. And the next day he was, my dad said he was at a raccoon farm. <laughs> and I honestly like never questioned that until a couple of years ago we were talking about it. And I was like, wait a minute. And I don't, no one's ever told me the truth. But he's actually Still at a raccoon farm. My mom stands by it, but it was an actual place, but I don't know. It was like a teen camp for like misbehaved teen raccoons. That's what it made it sound like. We had lots of room to run and like be free with other raccoons. And my mom didn't really lie. And so she still says that was really what happened. And I'm like, are you serious? So I don't know. I don't know who's tricking me or I would go back and look at I would be going back and looking at like old slippers or like hats and stuff and just making sure yeah. that like, nothing was converted. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He was oh, I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> He's now your hat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's so sick and cute. I, I just, I gravitated towards that because I always had unusual pets as a kid. So when he said he would ricky ticky shocky the raccoon, I <laughs> died we had oh my gosh we had so many I had a, a chicken or a rooster named squeaker and he lived in our house and would follow us around and then he turned into a rooster and started like cockadoodle doing and we put him out in the uh, and we had I had bunnies when I was little and we started with two that were supposed to be two girls and we're not two girls we came out one day and there was like a gazillion and I raised bunnies all the time so I always had bunnies living in my room and I would take them on leashes and like they'd walk I mean I was like this little oh, doctor do little oh. you know. <laughs> but I love I love all those those kind of, I hope my kids we live in the country we just built the house I'm hoping we'll have like a little I saw Codets in um thing saying she likes hobby farms and I do too I'd love to have some animals running around here oh uh, my kids are going to be begging to go live with you because we just have one dog and then a tiny turtle that I didn't even approve but suddenly showed up in a shoebox at our doorstep one day and um so now I have a grand turtle but uh, other than that, nothing. And my kids are begging. Harper's going to be like, I'm, and they all, we, my oldest daughter was born in Raleigh, actually, North Carolina. We loved it like oh. five years. Cool. So I think they're going to be like, see, take us back to North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, cool we can have bunnies and <laughs> raccoons and yeah, no, we loved it there. Ray played there for five years and we thought we would end up there. Um, it's really, it's an awesome city. We, the people are so great in the South. It's like Southern living and like Southern charm with people being so kind and sweet, but without being like so Southern, <laughs> you know, like kind yeah. of like a little bit Canadian feeling, a little bit Southern. It's kind of the perfect combination. So we moved out here with no friends or family and just plunked ourselves down. And we just spent two years building our forever home in the country, like still no friends, well, yeah. now, but no family still. Yeah. Did you end up like, did you end up there because of the opportunity um, Tim was given after hockey? Um, yeah, sort of, but we had already talked about where we wanted to live and Raleigh was his number one pick before that even real estate thing came up and the real estate thing happened because of someone he knew from his hockey days, um, when he was doing hockey rehab for whatever injury he had, he met some guy as boss for the last three years. Um, and so, yeah, we, we had still considered this to be a top choice, but we chose quicker than what we probably would have based on coming up. Well, yeah, because it's hard with like hockey, when hockey people meet and they're from completely different places, like how you choose where you're going to be in the end. I, I mean, at least you're both from Canada, but is that just a but good it almost makes it it almost makes it harder. So he's from Ontario and I'm from BC and we probably for six months, we went back and forth and we would not budge. I'm like, I'm not living where it is minus a thousand degrees all year. And he's like, I'm not living where it rains all year. And <laughs> we were just doing like the whole, like trying not to be rude to each other, but yeah. like, we don't want to live where you're from. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so finally, we were just like, well, we're not going to move in the middle. Like, like no offense, could have, yeah. like <laughs> to the cold Calgary. Um, so we finally just said, <laughs> yeah, we finally just said, well, if we're not going to live where our families are, then let's choose wherever we want to choose on the entire map. And we just want to live somewhere so that we don't always want to leave and like feel like, oh, I wish I lived somewhere else. So we were really okay. lucky with that because he didn't have a career at that point going out of hockey and I couldn't travel remotely. I've had work visas in the States for a decade. So we chose Raleigh and we are just, we're so happy here. We absolutely love it. 
Oh, that's awesome. And you know what? We've talked about this too with different friends that often you can make a plan and say that you're going to retire somewhere, but until you get to that point, you really don't know where life, where, where it's going to fit best for your family and your lives. And um, again, like right. I, I love that you're in Raleigh. I loved it there. I think too, the location is so great on the East coast. You can be in New York city in an hour and a half that's on the flight. Right. Exactly. It's, Other than it's, hard to get, it's really, really hard to get back to where my family is. It takes forever to get to the Island. To Vancouver, so all the way out west, like either yeah. to Seattle and hop over. But but other than that, everywhere else that we've ever wanted to go is just super convenient. And my parents got a house out here for part time. Oh. It's just like an hour away at the golf community, so at least they come. So yeah, it actually worked out awesome. great. But we, we do miss Canada. My in laws yeah. were just here; they left this morning, and it's nice to we do miss having family close. That was I wish we could kind of do both yeah. without living in the snow all year. <laughs> well, that was kind of us too, honestly. And with our decision to not be in Raleigh was that we're both from Edmonton, Alberta. So, and our families come down here to Phoenix more often. So we were like, you know what, we just have to get a little bit closer, but also uh, the lifestyle worked out a little better for us and opportunities for Ray here too. So yeah, that's a beautiful. It thing. all works out. You never know where. Yeah, you're right. Going. I mean, yeah. it does because you just have you kind of just figure it out. You never you quite know all the details until you just jump in. That's that's our motto for life. You just figure it out as it comes. Yeah, obviously, you've been a little adventure seeker. You tell us about the contract you made your parents sign after you got them drunk. <laughs> they, I added that part. <laughs> they, so when I was young, I mean, I was way more adventurous when I was little. I don't even know how they dealt with me, but I wanted to go bungee jumping since I was like eight. I don't even know where I saw it or why. And obviously, an eight-year-old's not going to go bungee jumping. And so I would ask them over and over and over again. And one night, <laughs> they don't drink very much, and I think they have like half a bottle of wine. And so they were talking. I'm like, yeah, you, you know what? You've been asking for so long. You can go. And I was like, I'm going to need that on in writing. And I got them to like sign a contract on a little piece of like sticky note saying like Eva can go bungee jumping whenever she wants. Like who dated it? And I, I don't think I have it anymore, but I did go bungee jumping pretty soon after that. How old were you when that contract was signed? I was 13 when they signed it. I was probably like 15 when I actually went, but yeah. <laughs> still, still young enough. I had to get them to sign off on Yeah, it. smart enough. And I love that you saw that little window. You're like, ooh, a glass of wine each. <laughs> get this yeah. I don't know if it would stand up in court since they had some wine, but. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in a great mood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you let your daughter do that? I'm curious. Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> she is unfortunately so much like me and Tim and I are so scared, like so, so scared of what our lives are going to be like, whereas our son is exactly like Tim, just like mild-mannered and easygoing and just laid back. And our daughter is just a firecracker, which I can't get upset about because that's me. And I honestly, I'm, we're so happy she's that confident, strong, little independent woman, but like as her parents, holy cow, we're in, we're in for it. <laughs> oh, big time. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. That's for sure. And she'll keep you youthful too, because you'll be trying to stay a step <laughs> and I think ahead. We only have one like her. <laughs> There's a good balance between the two. Yeah. What was your, what's your favorite part? I know you just built this beautiful house and um, obviously it's all in with your, with your blog and you've been letting everyone follow along. What's your favorite part about the building process? Cause I'm not a fan of building. So this is the first time we did it. We've lived in a lot of houses since we met. And then before that we both had lived in a lot of it. Like we didn't just stay in one apartment for 10 years. We, I, we both lived in, I don't know, 15 different places. And mm -hmm. It was really, really cool to obviously just create something that was exactly for us. Like when you walk in, it's, I mean, I think it's beautiful. Obviously we built it just for our family and because it in our minds was our forever home, possibly we didn't build it for resale. So everything has its own unique spot and exactly based on our children and how many we have and how, like as they grow up and what spaces we need. So that was really cool to use all the elements of homes that we've lived in over the last decade. And we've picked and choose little things from each one or what we loved and what we didn't like and put it into the new house. And it's amazing because we just built it for the, this is the first home build that we've done. And so far there's still really not stuff that we're not happy with. So obviously a little, little things here and there that we would have changed, but for the most part and just having living in the country for us is a dream come true. So I am very, very happy with it. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Good. That's the good part about hockey too. When you've moved, like people are always like, I don't know, some people <laughs> 
have a hard time with it. But then honestly, you do get to live in a lot of places and you do get to figure out what you love the best. And then if you do get the opportunity to build, it is awesome. My hardest part though, was that I'm not great at making decisions. And so I was always like, I, I, I loved it. We did it once. We built once. Actually, not until I've done it more than once. But the first time I loved, I loved it. But all the, all the decisions like got a little overwhelming because I was afraid that it wasn't going to be perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it does happen. And I, I'm good at making decisions. My husband is not going to make decisions. Yeah. He is like slow as molasses and has to research everything. I'm like, I like that. Don't ask me again. We're going that way. And so that was really interesting to see the two personalities, but we actually, people say it's like the hardest thing on a marriage. We're like, we lived in Russia for two right. seasons. <laughs> we're good. Yeah. You're like, and, we're good. Yeah, you're like, yeah, no, it's not. Well, we, we thought when we were going to, when we were buying our home, and that's when we were living in Allentown. We just we were debating: should we buy or should we build? And they were like, "Or like we'll just stay married, so we should just buy a house because like we will." Buy probably, a house. Yeah, it depends on the personalities. Tim and I cared about very different things. So some things he was super crazy about, and I'm like, I really don't care. That doesn't. That's not something that's a game changer for me. And then things that I really cared about, like face planning and colors and stuff like that. And yeah. Like whatever. I like I like your taste. You're fine. Um, it was, yeah, it was really fun. It was a lot of work. Like for a year, I pretty much had to put my job mostly aside because this home build was like a full-time job. Oh, I believe yeah. it. Well, I, I, Ray was, Ray was actually a good balance for me too, because he's pretty good at decisions, except that for me, like I'm always worried. I mean, if there was no budget, that's also like awesome so I tend to like pick the things that are like way too expensive and then I'm like trying to go back and it's not and he's not even getting mad at me it's more that I'm hard on myself because I'm trying not to spend that much but I can't help it because this shit is so nice yeah you, yeah you can't help it, like the good nice. stuff. it was also I actually thought about Kodak multiple times because the hardest thing for me of the whole process was the move because we have two kids now and we've also never really like settled anywhere else. So we still had stuff in Ontario. We had stuff my parents were bringing out. We had stuff, we had a house in Florida for a couple of years. So we still had stuff there. And then we had our house here for three years and we'd never settled and never like gone through all the stuff that had come from all the hockey years. Plus we had, I, we moved into our new house when my baby was five weeks old. So I was like hormonal and obviously not sleeping. I mean, it was the hardest. And I, all yeah. I could think about was how do hockey wives move every season once they have kids? Cause I only did it pre kids and I never experienced the kids. Yeah. Yeah. It was completely insane. different. <laughs> it's crazy. And then when you have, like you said, all these different houses and all the stuff meets up in one house and you're like, okay, well we don't need three Five like food processors yeah. and like, five, you know, five cheese graters. That was yeah. my big thing. For some exactly. reason at the end, I'm like, why the yeah. fuck does anyone oh. need five cheese graters? It's like when it all meets in one house and that's what happened to us after Jason retired, it all met in one house. And we're like, holy shit. Like Jason's like, we have too many Vitamixes. I'm like, well, we're going to keep those because those are expensive. So <laughs> when but, but yeah. then you have to store them and then it turns into yeah. junk. And we, we have like our hunting gear and quads. Like we have three quads or three like, off-road vehicles like who needs three off-road vehicles not you really guys us, we, yeah you probably yeah, do though we, i mean we have them like all over the place for no more reason but stuff like that but it's i am just for the first time in my life feel so settled and we have our little family and i'm out of the like gray cloud of newborn because he's six or baby six months and I'm just like okay hey, we're getting it together we're moving forward in the right direction i love it it's so cool to see and honestly for my own personal um interest i've been wondering what's been your favorite thing to work on so far with all your projects like your book your clothing um, your bedding line i liked so my book was kind of a cool experience it's called taking aim i wrote it um i finished writing it like the week before i had my daughter my our first and it was really interesting because I do so much media stuff. I've posted TV shows and since then I've posted all other TV shows and Facebook shows and all stuff. And then social media, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on there and like little captions and flippets here and there. But what I found is in my mind, when my daughter is 15, she's not going to go back and look at my Instagram. It's not going to be around. She's not going to go back. And I mean, she pr probably will very rarely ever watch any sort of show that I was part of. And she won't really understand that message that I try to get across to like strong confidence, do whatever it is you love, you know, be a strong woman. And so I thought I need to write something that she can pick up and it won't really go away. And so I wrote this book thinking, I mean, not, it wasn't 
for her. I didn't even know her at the time. She wasn't even born, but it was for other people that needed that like inspiration to get it. It's about the outdoors and there is hunting kind of throughout it, but it's more so just about that positive mindset of how to push through resistance and how to push through um, negative feedback. So I think that was the coolest, most long standing thing. The rest are projects that are really super, super fun, but that book is something that will never go away. And I love that. That's great. It's such a great gift for the future. Yeah. Love that. It's a great thing to leave behind. Um, Do you, what's next for you? Obviously you sound like you're in such a a happy space in your life. Uh, What's up? What's up coming up? Um, Or are you just going to let it ride? This, so this last year, because I was pregnant and we were moving building house, I was basically just trying to stay afloat, like trying to keep my career without really making any big power moves. But 2020, I've started back up. So I'm super motivated to get all kinds of stuff going. So we are launching a brand new website and all kinds of more of like the lifestyle branded stuff, um, online shop and eBooks and all kinds of cool stuff. So this year is going to be really busy and we have a, finally have a few amazing people in place to kind of work together with me because it was hard to do it solo. And yeah. now I have a team and we're, we're making some power moves. That's awesome. awesome. And so, but you guys are on season one with your new show with Tim on it because he's not a big filmer. So <laughs> this yeah. hopefully season one of many or. <laughs> um, it was really fun to film. We did season one on outdoor channel season. If there is a season two, there might be something on another network. We're still kind of working out some details and talking to people. Um, we're not really sure. It was really cool. And if we had the opportunity in front of us, it would be something we would definitely strongly consider, but we'd really have to talk about it because it was a lot of time. And yeah. he has, he just started um, as a developer. He was doing commercial real estate for three years and he just became the vice president of the development company is opening a Raleigh office. Like he's super uh, busy and I'm obviously busy with two kids. So we'll see. It was maybe, I do believe if that kind of thing came right in front of us, it would be because it's probably meant to happen. And that I'm sure, I'm sure we'd probably say yes, because we're not very good at saying no to stuff. Uh, well it sounds like you've got a lot of exciting things ahead I'm excited to watch I loved that we got to know you a little better and share you with our community yours is obviously already loving you and um now the rest of them will get to too so yeah nice to talk to you guys yeah it was awesome that's cool podcast I listened to a few they're great ah thank you thanks for coming on we obviously know you're so busy so we appreciate it yeah love it can't wait to keep following along Thanks, guys. All right. Best of luck with everything. Take good care. You, bye. 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 Thanks for hanging out. You've been listening to Our Hockey Life with Codette LaBarbera and Bridget Whitney. Join us next week when we get to introduce you to another great hockey friend. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Our Hockey Life and at Codette LaBarbera.